so, so short, short. I'll introduce it then, same as you're being all, all quiet. <laughs> 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 Welcome to, oh man, is it episode 26? I should have checked really. Does that sound right? I I've, I've lost track. All right, um, hang on. 26, yes. Boom. Episode 26, 26 of the Creative Coding Podcast with me, Seb Lee Delisle. Uh, Ian Love. <laughs> and, and what's that, Ian? <laughs> and, and Ian Love. <laughs> so, how are you doing? I'm good, man. How are you? Good. Where are you? You're back from the States. Where am I? I'm in the very nice ad agency in London um, because I ran out of money <laughs> to finish the game, so uh, I needed to get some money. Yeah. So. Are you are you doing a job? I am. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm doing a freelance thing, and it's good fun actually. Yeah? I'm enjoying it, and yeah. So. Is it a game? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's a game. Okay. Well, that's cool. Good. Pra- are you allowed to talk about it? No. Oh, so boring. What's going on there? <laughs> Tell people to stop chucking their mugs around. The thing is, I think like now I'm doing my own indie stuff, it's almost better for me to not talk about any of my client work anyway. Yeah. Because it kind of like, I mean, I have no shame in doing freelance work, but like your credibility is not as good, right? Well, it depends how cool the project is, I guess. Well, I mean, I guess, yeah, but I guess it's like you don't want to put your name to things which are creatively not your art, yeah. I guess. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Definitely. Like, I remember... Um, uh, a developer that I really like um, I won't say which one but an indie developer he's done some great games did some contract work on like a game for something and then he's like oh here's this gig, contract gig that I did and it's just like you could tell that like none of the love that goes into his other games had gone into it at all sure so it's like why even mention it just take the money and do your, do, do a good job obviously for your clients and stuff but just keep it quiet yeah, why associate yourself with, so, with it? So guess where I am today? Um, uh, Tel Aviv, <laughs> um, Monaco. I'm home. I don't know, where, where are you? Oh, you're at home. <laughs> cool. I'm in Brighton, yeah. <laughs> just for a little while. It's good to be back there, actually, I have to say. It was just, yeah, I bet. it was so stupidly hot in uh, in Brooklyn last week. It was oh, just, I'm not very good in hot weather. So, like, I got back here and it was raining and Jenny was all, like, miserable about it. And I'm like, yeah, it's right. so cool. <laughs> I can walk around in normal clothes and I don't get all sweaty just going to the shops. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Obviously, it was cool hanging out in Brooklyn with all those awesome people. But, uh, yeah, I'm yep. glad to be home. But I'm going to Japan yeah, did next you ever... week. So, um... Oh, cool. Did you ever sort out your visa ways? For well, you know, well, I think like I mentioned last time, I figured out how to stay as long as I wanted to. But um, I just I still had to cancel my workshops. So Yeah, but for, for next time... For do next you think time, I'm looking into getting an O-1 visa, which is for people with extraordinary ability. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I remember you mentioning yeah, that. Cool. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Okay, man. So, should we get go on to the meat and potatoes of this episode? Yeah. Yeah, seeing as you're being all weird and quiet and polite. <laughs> it's like, yeah, let's... Not my usual self Yeah, what's going on? <laughs> I was trolling everyone on Twitter. Who are you? you and what have you done with Ian? <laughs> did you read my... Did you read any of my trolling? Um, weren't you talking about, like, t- people without programming degrees doing programming or something? Um, was that I the just trolling? started off talking about humanities degrees. Yeah. in general and loads of people contacted me or you know to say that they thought humanities degrees were really good yeah and but we're doing uh, programming now but we're doing programming now yeah and so it's like well obviously you know if they enjoyed their time at university and now they found something they want to do then this all works out for them but it's more like the people who do a degree in like politics or whatever and then end up just as a charity mugger or <laughs> working in a call center or sales or whatever it's just like I'm going to advise my kids to do a job that uh, do a degree that um, prepares you for some kind of job. Yeah. I think. Okay. Or at least aids you in getting one. I'd. Yeah. Well, you know how I feel about degrees. Yeah. Op- optional. I don't. Well. Uh, if you can, if you can do one and like get the most out of it, like some students can really get the most out of it and do. Uh, yeah. But they're the ones who probably don't need degree, right? Because they could just go no. out and get a job. But yeah. but still, if you are that sort of person and you can get the most out of it, sure, why not spend three years? I think figuring stuff for a out. lot of people, it's kind of a rite of passage or whatever. Yeah. I mean, I just. But n- with that, I think that like if you just want to have a good time and meet lots of interesting people, yeah, there are ways of doing it for free. Yeah. And seeing the world at the same time and stuff. I mean I guess if you could get a grant still then it you know no, probably, yeah, but that doesn't happen does it um, not really I think the, the year I did I started a degree and um, I 
think that might have been the first year that they replaced grants with student loans. Or it's mm-hmm. certainly very new. It might have been the second year. or first. It was certainly the first or the second year. It was a long time ago. And it was when my university was a polytechnic as well. But I just, I don't belong in that place. I can't get on with that academic institution sure it's too, yeah they're too bloated and they're too slow and they're too yeah i mean i work for one so i can't really <laughs> be too negative but no it's not it's rubbish i mean i've even uh, taught i don't mind teaching so much but still you you remember all that nonsense i had to deal with just getting like paid and stuff you know yeah it's like oh, so anyway yeah i'm allergic to those things sure i only lasted two terms in my degree i jumped out of a plane six times <laughs> so maybe it was worth going after all because that was pretty awesome maybe, maybe. joining the parachuting club at kingston polytechnic was like pretty okay. awesome okay i have to explain what i can see right now because um ian's got his his video on he never uses his video normally but because he's got a big fat pipe in his office like and all i can see is like the sun setting behind him and he's just like in in silhouette it's sort of like uh what was that what was that weird song? What was that weird film with the with the uh, the gothic guitar playing hero from the eighties? What was that? I can't remember. Uh, now. But that's what it reminds me of. It's very dramatic. I'm just <laughs> expecting you to do a guitar I'm solo trying, any I'm time an now. Any time oh. now. I'm waiting for the guitar solo. <laughs> Ah, and it had Gary Moore, the soundtrack. What was that? I don't know what you're talking about, Seb. I've got no idea. Uh, Maybe, I think it was the 80s, but I wasn't really a goth, so I don't really know. That's better. Brilliant. Yeah, there you go. I've just turned it a bit. Cool. rotation. I've been applying for an arts council grant this week. Mm -hmm. That's fun. You've been applying for it? Yeah. Yeah, and what's that like? It's not bad. That's what you sunk to now, Seb. Well, it's actually... (laughs) The thing is, with the Arts Council, is that it's quite easy to apply for a grant. And if Mm. it's £10,000 or less, then they'll give you a decision in like six weeks. Alright, that's cool. So, um, I'm doing the launch event for the Brighton Digital Festival. Did I mention this on the podcast yet? No, no. I think I might have done, but I'm, I'm projecting digital interactive fireworks onto the Jubilee Library in Brighton. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of like version two of the digital fireworks I did a few years ago in Brighton. Um, yeah. So I, just this week I've been trying to deal with the logistics and I'm applying for this grant. Um, but it's kind of weird because you're not officially meant to do any work on the project until you get funding because we've left it so late i'm gonna have two weeks before um before the grant you know basically two weeks before the event that i'll know whether i've got the grant or not right which is kind of scary and and also like 10 grand sounds like quite a lot but i'm the projectors that i'm looking at like their list price for a thirty-five thousand lumen christie uh, it costs about five grand a day to hire Five grand a day? Yeah, I think they Jeez cost Louise. about 160 grand to buy. That is expensive. So they're quite expensive. And you need a projectionist as well because they're, um, they're serious bits of equipment and they need special handling. Like you have to carry the bulbs separately, I think, and stuff like that. Sure. You know, so it's, it's pretty intense. So I'm burning through my 10K pretty quick, especially because the building I'm projecting onto is glass. Right. So it's like, oh, man, I can't project on glass. You can't project onto glass. So no, I've, I've contacted it. Oh, can you? Or maybe you just can. You can't. You, you just what can't. does it do? Well, it goes through. <laughs> no, no. I mean, not at night, though. Yeah, it just goes right through. Some of it reflects off, but none of it is diffused by the surface, you know, which is what... I've screen would do right, so I'm trying to figure out you know the cheapest way of covering the library and something that I can project onto it's a massive building as well I think it's about you know it must be at least 20 meters wide and about 15 to 18 meters tall so what's that it's about 40 40 foot by about 50 or 60 foot wide so it's like yeah it's pretty big pretty big when you want to get a sheet to cover it <laughs> <laughs> That's quite a big sheet. Sure. Um, and uh, just pa- paint paint the outside of it. Yeah, I'm, oh, they probably I'm sure the mind. library would be fine about that. Oh, actually, <laughs> seriously, there is a company that do peelable paint, um, that right. especially for painting onto glass. Uh, and often it's used to protect the building while it's being built. Or you know, sure. So like the big skyscrapers and stuff that have all got yeah, glass, that makes and sense. they'll just they'll just roll this paint on it, and it will protect it. Oh, you know what? I think I might have had my finger over the microphone. <laughs> All this time. Oh, well, I hope not. 
I might be a bit muffled in the first part of this. Are you doing a backup recording? I'm recording from my computer as well, but my fans come on, so that might be noisy too. Anyway, we'll <laughs> let Jack worry about all that stuff. Worst episode Worst. ever. Oh, jeez. Amateurs. Bunch <laughs> of amateurs. So, yeah, I could do the paint, but also I found out about these low-tack ad- adhesive PVC panels. Right. I found a company that was willing to do it. Just guess how much they wanted? No idea. 11 grand. <laughs> Can you not just get sheets? Well, I'm looking into getting a muslin curtain. Uh, so, you, right. you know, there are kind of theatre uh, supplies that will, will make, you know, you can get these massive bolts of material. Uh, I think I sure. probably would still need to sew a couple of bits together because they're not, they're not that massive. And, and something that they say in theatre backdrops is that you don't notice horizontal seams as much as vertical seams because your right. brain sort of thinks they're like the horizon. Sure. So that's cool. And I th- I'm hoping that will be a bit cheaper. I got a slightly more reassuring quote day from uh, a company that does you know the big adverts on pvc that cover entire buildings uh, and a company quoted to produce like a pvc sort of you know uh, studded you know it's got eyelets around the edges so you can tie it up um right and that was about two grand i think plus about another grand or so to install it i think it was about yeah, it, it would have cost like three or four grand for, for that. I'm still hoping to get so it a bit cheaper. What happens? Because I'm just yeah, burning. What happens if you don't get your grant then? Have you just got to cancel it? I don't or? know. I don't know yet. <laughs> Sink 10 grand of your own money into it. I might have to do that. <laughs> or I yeah. don't know. Or maybe um, <laughs> find a sponsor or something. <coughs> yeah. Yeah. And, but I'm, the, I'm not even allowed to promote the event until uh, the, the grant application <laughs> has been approved. Because they sort of think, well, if you can do it anyway, then you don't need the grant, right? Sure. So actually, you know, if I don't get the grant, yeah. then it's definitely actually not happening in yeah. case the Arts Council are listening to this. They, they do listen. I'm sure they do. So yeah, it's definitely, <laughs> there's no plan B. It's the Arts Council or nothing. So yeah, I'll keep you informed on my progress. Cool, man. I look forward to it. But hearing. yes, the, the meat and potatoes, did you call it? Uh-huh. The meat and potatoes of this episode. Or um, soya protein, textured <laughs> soya protein and potatoes. Yeah. <laughs> the, for the vegetarians. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, why not? The, the veggie balls and spaghetti <laughs> uh, of this. <laughs> so yes, Carl McDonald. So Carl, I've got to know pretty well over the last, uh, the last couple of years. He's a really super cool guy. He's still pretty young don't exactly know how old he is he's in his 20s i think but he's really proactive and really like he's a really dynamic member of the open frameworks community i think he's officially mm-hmm. like community liaison or something uh, right. on, on open frameworks but he does loads of uh, you know he contributes loads of like libraries and stuff like that and uh, he's he's yeah he's kind of astonishing in in the sort of stuff that he makes and he's got lots of his own projects like he's been playing with face tracking you know that really uh, face mapping as well so there's that that new library now that can actually detect the sort of three-dimensional position of a face uh, along right. with the lips and, the, and how open the mouth is and how open the eyes are and the expression and he's done some really cool work like replacing his face with other people's faces and that's really cool mm-hmm. he's also had a, a residency at MakerBot playing with the 3D printers I don't know check out his work it's a bit of a shame because I didn't really get to talk to him about his recent work or his current projects because what I really wanted to talk to him about was uh, this episode last year with the Secret Service uh, and his project uh, called People Staring at Computers. But before I got to that whole story, I initially started off just by asking, you know, what are some of the background projects that led up to this project? It was in 2009 that I was doing the Key Tweeter project, and that was uh, every 140 keystrokes it got posted to Twitter, yeah. and that lasted for a year. Um, I guess I learned a lot about privacy and publicity through that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, did you... Did it, how comes you didn't like just post all your passwords and stuff? Well, there was a there was a filter. There were a few things I realized were like not just really information, but they started to become control information. Yeah. You know, there were the things that allowed people to become me if they wanted to. Yeah. Which is a little different than people just knowing Very about bad. who I am. Yeah. So like what things? Like those passwords. So like password, date of Addresses. birth. We have in the U.S. We have social security number, yeah. which is what we use for like personal identification our whole life, and. Uh, um, I think credit card number and yeah. What was people's reaction to that? Did they think it was weird or? There were yeah, people had different reactions. Some people were like, "Oh, this is a really interesting experiment." Um, other people, I got a few people who said, "Like, I really need you to turn this off while I'm talking to you." Oh. You know, 
Like, did you yeah. do it? Did you? Yeah, comply? I did. I did because it wasn't about kind of pushing other people's limits. Yeah. It was more about experimenting with what my own perception of privacy and publicity was. So yeah. I didn't want to. <laughs> get anyone mad um, so you know my girlfriend at the time she was like you know <laughs> I, I need you to turn this off for a bit so that we can have this conversation because this is important conversation or or there's a guy who sent me an email once who said um, you know I'm a magician and I want some help with a magic trip I'm working on but like I need you to not tweet about this because it's a secret so there what were, sort of magic trick was that? <laughs> like digital I, it, yeah kind of like uh a magic trick involving some cameras and projectors and electronics and things like that so yeah <laughs> cool yeah and I think a couple times there were people who kind of sent me NDAs and they didn't <laughs> they didn't know that I was running Key Tweeter so yeah. I had to kind of interpret it you know on my own <laughs> so NDAs like about stuff you were talking to them about that was yeah, being tweeted exactly and you know so I had to either phrase it in a, I had to phrase my things that I was saying to them in a way that was you know not disclosing any of the things <laughs> that they've told me or yeah <laughs> so so what what do you think was the next project so was it the one which wasn't there one which like took your picture yeah there was well actually there was a couple before that really I experimented with a few other things I tried um taking pictures of uh, the kind of icon beneath your cursor. It's like 32 by 32 pixels, which is actually really good. I still want to experiment with that some more. But if Would you just, just take every time you click, no, no, every time you click. So it was just all, I called it important things. Yeah. So whatever you clicked on, it was somehow important, right? And it's this really interesting profile of like how you use your computer um, and, you know, what buttons are interesting and things like that. But after that, I did a project with Theo Watson called Happy Things where it was pictures of uh, both of people, but also their computer screens. Um, and it was kind of a combination of two projects. Theo did one called Auto Smiley, where every time you smiled, it inserted a smiley, yeah. you know, uh, you know, colon uh, parentheses into your text. And then it was also, so it was massive of that and important things, so that every time you smiled, it took a screenshot and it uploaded it to our server. Sure. So, so it would just know what things you liked. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All the things that made you happy. And with the with the um, the little mouse one with the thirty-two by thirty-two icon, did you just have a big like screen fill of these little images? Yeah. Yeah. Just tons of these images. And in the end, I have. Um, I mean, I ran it on myself for like two days, and I just have. Uh, this, like I printed out a poster at one point that was just all of these icons and it's like an eight, eight foot long poster like a normal I don't know 10 or 12 inches wide and the icons are really small they're like smaller than your fingernail can you make any sense of, of you that can. stuff? you can kind of see like oh here he's like clicking through iTunes and here he's clicking yeah. through YouTube right, and Vimeo right. and then there's like chunks where you can see I'm using SketchUp for example and so, like certain apps have their looks yeah. and like with 32 by 32 pixels you can kind of tell what someone's doing I want to make a version that runs on like everyone's computers so you download the app and then you can see what everyone else is clicking on and also yours your clicks are uploaded to a yeah. server just um, be like loads of stuff it would be insane it would be really insane it'd be interesting to see if any sort of color profiles emerged out of that maybe or... yeah it's hard to see like difference between windows and <laughs> yeah <laughs> and OS X yeah um, yeah, but then after that, I did that uh, project where I was just looking at myself. So kind of like Keytweeter, but with my webcam, where I just took a picture of myself every minute. And that lasted for about two days. And then I looked over the video, and I was really surprised because it was all pictures of me staring at my computer with a really blank expression on my face. Um, you know, even though I was sending emails to people and Facebooking with people and, um, you know, writing responses on forums and working on code with people and talking on Skype with people. All these things that I'm doing that are very social, my face doesn't have any of the normal social cues to it. So, Do you IM yeah. a lot? Was there any real-time communication involved in that? Or was it I do, sort of... yeah, it was a lot. There was real-time communication. Yeah. And that's probably like when I did smile or yeah. something. That was probably when it happened. Because I'm pretty sure that I, I react when, I, when I'm instant messaging yeah yeah you know, I can, Jenny sometimes says to me what what are you smiling about yeah right it's right, like, right. Oh, it's yeah, yeah, oh, it's not funny joke yeah <laughs> right or yeah. sometimes I don't even know because I've moved on to something else by right then, and right and also, if, if someone else is in the room, if you're not working by yourself, then like that can have a big impact too mm -hmm. on like whether you, you know, whether you respond with your face, with your facial expressions to yeah. something. So yeah, but I was really surprised by these expressions, and I wanted to see 
if it was just me or if maybe there were some more people yeah. that had the same expression. So the thing that made the most sense is that I needed to try and find a way to collect more of these expressions from other people. <laughs> and uh, how on earth are you going to do how that? How am I going to do that? I mean, I couldn't. I couldn't just send out an app to people, right? Because then they would know what it was doing, and you'd become yeah. self-conscious. It, t- it takes like maybe two hours for me to like stop being self-conscious yeah. of something watching me, whether yeah. it's keystrokes or my face or whatever. So that would have been too long. So I just had to find a public space that had, you know, had gave me access to the machines. Mm. And that's when it seemed like the Apple Store was the perfect place for that. Sure. <laughs> sure. So that was, that was your, when was this you first had the idea? So I first had the idea about a year ago. Mm. This was uh, just a little over a year ago, probably the big end of May yeah. last year. Yeah. And... Um, so that's when you built it. Yeah, and then I yeah, and then I built it. I made it work for myself. I kind of thought about it a bit, like how I wanted to install it, how I wanted the pictures to look like when they were done, how I wanted to present it. And then I had to travel for a couple of weeks, so I didn't get to install it. I had to just think about it for a while. So so this app like it just took your picture what randomly or frequently in yeah, intervals every, every minute? Every minute it took one picture and then for the one that was installed at the Apple Store, I mean, when it was on my computer, I knew I was in front of my computer. Yeah. But at the Apple Store, I had to check whether there's a face or not yeah. before I uploaded it to my server. Otherwise, it would just be sending tons of photos to my server. So, so that was pretty simple. You know, you can just run some face detection to figure out whether there's a person there. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes there's false positives, but of course. You know. And so, it uploaded this, the picture. Did it do anything else that initial first? No, it didn't. It just it just uploaded the. I mean, actually, it never did anything more. It was just uh, uploading the photos. The yeah. only thing that changed is after I collected all of the photos, I wrote a different app. Yeah. And I went back to the store, and this new app was it was completely different. It wasn't taking pictures anymore. It was just showing the pictures that I'd taken before. So it was remotely controlled. When I pressed a button on my iPod, all of the computers that I installed it on would pop up on the screens, full screen, at the same time, all the computers in the store. Yeah. And they would all show the slideshow of the photos that I'd taken. But that was no longer taking pictures. No, no, it wasn't taking pictures. So the first time you you installed this in in an Apple store, I mean, was that hard? How did Uh, you do it? Yeah, that's a good question. (laughs) There wasn't really any... The Apple store has kind of a closed network. There's... it's, It's kind of... Like protected in the way that a network should normally be protected. I wouldn't be able to access their network from my home or anything like that. I mean, maybe I could if I was like a mega hacker or something, <laughs> but um, I'm just kind of a normal guy who knows how to program. So uh, I went into the store and I just typed in a URL and uh, that downloaded a zip file. I unzipped the file and double clicked on the application and uh, it started running. So it could have also been like as a Flash app running in a browser, and I could have minimized the browser. Or in fact, we um, talked about that. Didn't yeah, we, we did. Probably, yeah, but only probably to try and avoid some right. of the, the legal <laughs> issues. But we'll come to those yeah. later. Yeah. So, so you'd go in and you'd do that on all the computers in the Apple Store. Yeah, one at a time. It took maybe thirty seconds for each computer. Yeah. It had a pretty fast connection. Small app. Didn't anyone wonder why you were just running from computer to computer? No one. No one ever asked me. Actually, yeah. the employees. I think, you know, if they just. They probably see a lot of weird people at the store, <laughs> so they probably just assumed I had some kind of obsessive compulsive problem. <laughs> yeah, it's like I have to hit the Touch A key every, on every right, single exactly. one. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and so, the, did you just do the one store? So I did two stores. I went to uh, there's a fort store on 14th Street. Oh, um, the one in Soho, right? Yeah. Uh, well, there's one in Soho and one on 14th Street. So oh, right, okay. 14th Street is kind of on West 14th Street. That's over by the Meatpacking District. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Chelsea, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And uh, the Soho store is actually under renovation right now, but um, at the time it was, you know, open in the normal location. Yeah. And, yeah, so I went to both those. I went to the 14th Street store the first time, and I only went to the Soho store after I noticed that, like, no one cared that I was doing anything I mean I initially thought maybe I'd only get a few photos and then they'd get really inquisitive and I wouldn't be able to take any more or something like that but no one really asked any questions and they didn't seem to have an issue with it so I decided to go take some more at another yeah. place yeah. and, and didn't, didn't you um, didn't you ask the, the people in the store? I did, I asked the security guard, I kind of had, I had my camera with me and I said hey do you mind if I take photos 
and he was really excited. He was like, no, yeah, definitely go ahead. Take, <laughs> you know, take a bunch of photos. Yeah. But I guess maybe did, that did was a little bit of a camera? misunderstanding. No, no yeah, I really should have. That, that would have been... That would have been amazing. All right. So, and of course, the, the other thing we should mention is that the, the Apple stores, they wipe all their computers every They do, night. every night. So I had to, if I wanted to get more photos than just one day of photos, I had to go in again the next day um, and do it again. And so did you do it? Oh, no, I did. Across I, the several days? I did it across maybe three different days over right. the period of a month. Yeah. Um, so I got kind of a first batch, and that gave me a feeling for like what kind of photos I was getting. And then I maybe, I, I changed the face tracking algorithm a little bit so that it gave me different faces than before and uh, went back and did it again. And then the last time I just got like a few more to kind of round off the set. And yeah. pretty much everyone had that same blank expression that you had? I think there was maybe one guy who I saw smiling. Yeah. Um, and then another guy who was really mad, but he looked like he was with his girlfriend. So <laughs> I don't know what was going on there. He's like, I really want to buy it. Yeah, yeah, but she's not letting me. I don't know, I don't know. Or maybe it could be him saying, like, why, why do you want this so Why'd bad? Why do you always spend, yeah, right. <laughs> spend your money on this stuff? Uh, I don't know, yeah. All right, cool. And so that was, that. you just left that running for a little bit. I did, yeah. Was it getting much tension? It wasn't, it wasn't. There was, no one was really aware, I think, that it was taking photos. I mean, the little green light on the computers came on every minute. But no one really pays attention to that. If it just comes on a little while, yeah, it's just for a moment. It's sort of, yeah. yeah, it's funny that, isn't it? Because you're always aware if it was if it was on all the time, you'd really notice. Right, right. But right. you just think it's a glitch. I guess. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just like, oh, whoops, camera came on. So that didn't get any attention. What did get attention was I think after the third time of getting photos, I got this unexpected photo that I saw on my server, which was a photo of a guy in a back room at Apple headquarters in Cupertino. And the reason I knew it was from Cupertino is because the IP address was from Cupertino. So at that point, I kind of knew I had to finish up the project. <laughs> because, they were on to you. Yeah, they kind of had an idea of you know, what was going on. And uh, if I didn't finish it soon, then maybe I'd never get to show the photos to anyone. So yeah, I, I wanted to make sure I just, you know, I, I think maybe it was Einstein who said, if you, if you really want to protect an idea, then you have to tell as many people as you can about it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And I guess you'd already was, had your website. Was that yeah? Public it was kind of it was ki- it was kind of public, but I hadn't announced it, yeah. um, and it got like a few hits from people. But you know, people, it wasn't really obvious what was going on yet. I hadn't yeah. documented it well, and in a way, I was kind of expecting that that's what it was going to be like. That I was just going to get a few photos, and that you know, it'd get a few a few hits, and people would like the photos, and that would be it, and the project would be over. But when I got that picture from Cupertino, I realized that maybe this could get a little bigger. Yeah. And I realized it could, re- it, well, it really got big a few days later when the Secret Service woke me up at 8 in the morning. So, so they hadn't, you hadn't heard anything at all? You were just getting on with it? Yeah. And then suddenly... Like, I posted a video online, right. and then two days later, the Secret Service woke me up. Yeah. And I, from the search warrant, it says that you know they got the search warrant the day after the video got posted. Right, um, so so let's just, just talk. This sounds like quite a scary thing, right? So it was eight o'clock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and this I was, was, what, was it was, a weekend it was or was yeah, it? No, it was a week. Uh, I think it was a weekday. I think it was a Monday or a Tuesday. I don't remember right now. But, but were you asleep? I was, and the reason I was asleep was oh, I was. You're an artist. <laughs> well, basically. <laughs> yeah. uh, but no, it was. I, I was. There was actually a good reason for me to be asleep, which was that it was the middle of the summer. I mean, it was like right now, a year ago, basically. Yeah. It was really hot, it was, and I. It was stupid yeah, hot last year. Exactly. I end up working more into the night when yeah. it's hot, just because it's so much more comfortable. And I ended up staying up really late. The night before, because there was this app I made called Face OSC oh, yeah. for for face tracking and streaming face data that I was recording a video documenting, and then I posted it that night at like 4 a.m. or something. Yeah. So I was up really late the night before, and then after you know four or five hours of sleep, the Secret Service wakes me up. So it's kind of <laughs> unexpected. Um, and did oh, were there two of them or uh, there was three of them? It's it's were they I, like super tall? And yeah. Like a- <laughs> black suits and stuff they were in black suits which was kind of I felt bad like I asked I offered them water at one point I think because you know it looked been really hot. hot and but I don't think they liked that I don't know <laughs> and, so, but there were, yeah. so there were three of them yeah they, were they kind of imposing figures they were tall or? you know when people are wearing suits they're and scared, you're they're just in, scary. yeah and you're in your pajamas <laughs> yeah. then it's, and so, so you opened the door and what did they say 
Uh, they said this is the Secret Service. Uh, we have a search warrant. And then the next thing they said is, do you have any drugs or weapons in the house? Yeah. And I said, uh, no. <laughs> and they said, really? Like, they didn't believe me. Yeah. Um, Did you, you have to think about it. I, and I was like, well, <laughs> like, no. I'm kind of like a boringly clean, straight-edge guy, actually. So it was easy to answer, and like so were my roommates. So I said, yeah, I'm I'm sure. And uh, they said, well, you better be certain, because if if we find anything, it's going to create a lot of trouble. And I said, well, I don't don't want any trouble. Let me think about this for a second. They probably thought that meant that, you know, there was something I was hiding. I just had to figure out whether I wanted to tell them or not. But actually, it meant I really couldn't possibly imagine... And I really wanted to, and so the thing that I thought of was that there were some, there was some beer in the fridge and some knives in the kitchen, <laughs> and I told them that, and I think that was such a liberal definition of weapons and drugs that yeah. they just didn't know what to say, and they moved on <laughs> to the next question, which was, do you, do you have any roommates in the house? And I said no, but unfortunately I was wrong. Uh, I had two of my two roommates that were there at the time. You didn't think they were. I didn't think. I thought they'd gone. I thought they'd left to work, which is, yeah, yeah you know, because they both worked. And uh, but I was wrong. They were they were both also sleeping in, and they got woken up and taken out of their beds as well. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Was that straight away? Or you just said no and then... I said, oh, no, they're not, you know, they're not here. And then... It was only later that they discovered Well, no, but actually right about that same moment, like, it was almost comic. I mean, if it wasn't the Secret Service, it would have been more comical. But (laughs) within about five seconds of me saying that, they'd knocked on the other doors and opened it up and said, who's that? And (laughs) I was like, oh, I guess, I guess guess they they are are here. And so, did they ask you other questions? Oh, there were a lot of questions. Yeah. It was maybe half an hour, 45 minutes of questions. What sort of things did they ask you? I mean, there's like the, you know, when a cop pulls you over, yeah. th- this has only happened to me once, but a cop pulled me over once, and the thing he said was, do you know why I pulled you over? <laughs> and there's not really a good way to answer that question. Right. And they did kind of the same thing to me. They sat, they sat, you know, they, they took me to my room. I was like, ah, oh, can I sit down? I was feeling kind of nauseous. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was like, can I sit down? They said, yeah, sure, go ahead. We don't want you passing out or anything. Yeah. And uh, I, then they said, do you know why we're here? And that's kind of the same sort of question. I looked at them and I thought, like, yes, I think I know why you're here. Did you know it was because uh, of that, yeah. your project? Then. And and it's not that I was expecting that project to be a problem, it's that there's absolutely nothing else I do that could have been a problem. <laughs> I don't know if maybe someone I was in, I was friends with was like secretly involved in some terrible life of crime. So, so you said yes, and did they yeah, say, well, said, what, yeah. what yeah. is it? Right, and I said, well, you know, there was this, there was this art project I was doing last week, and uh, they were really confused. They were like, "Wait a second, what's your what's your day job?" And I said, "Well, this this is my day job. I'm an artist. I I do this kind of work normally." And and they weren't they weren't having it. Yeah. They were like, "No, what do you do?" <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "No, really. Like that's, this is just what I do. I just make artwork, and sometimes I use computers and I write code." And they're like, "But you must be like, what? Are you like a hacker, or do you like do network security, or what is it?" I was like, no, this is really what I do. <laughs> yeah. Eventually I told them, you know, well, well, I said, you know, hey, I do like workshops and I teach other people how to do this and I go to conferences and festivals and I exhibit artwork and all this stuff. Sometimes I teach and uh, they're like, no, really, like, what's your day job? And they wouldn't believe after all this stuff. And finally I said, well, a few times I've written code for some other artists. Yeah. And I haven't done that in the last year, but, you know, I used to do that a lot more. And they said, oh, okay. <laughs> I guess that was, like, the one thing. They get that. They made, it's a bit right. more straightforward. Yeah, it's like, oh, so you're a contractual programmer. Yeah. I was like, I yeah. guess. You just say, yeah, yeah I'm a programmer. Right. right. Computer programmer. Yeah, I'm And say it in a really dorky voice, and then they'll yeah. be like, oh, okay, no yeah, yeah, yeah. interest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they figured out what you did for a living. Yeah. What then? Let's see. So after... After I answered those questions, we kind of moved over to my living room where my roommates were. They were, you know, I had my laptop there and they said, is this a laptop you use? And I said, yes. And they said, do you have any other computers in the house? And I said, well, you know, there's there's this ThinkPad over here and there's a hard drive in my room and I had a USB stick. And they said, oh, USB stick, like that's interesting. Where's this been? And I said, well, it's been in about 100 people's computers from last week I was at a conference. And they, that kind of freaked them out. They were like, uh, you know, 
what, what were on those people's computers? I said, I don't know. <laughs> uh, they said, well, how about the, your computer? Like, uh, you know, have there been many hard drives plugged into it recently? And I said, oh, yeah, you know, another hundred hard drives from people. And they were like, uh, okay. And at one point I even said, I think, you know, hey, can, would it be okay if I just back this up really fast before you go? Um, with it and this was another moment where they looked at each other and they were really confused they didn't know what to say and uh, one of them finally after 30 seconds just said that would be very unusual (laughs) (laughs) you know I guess normally when they're confiscating stuff they have problems with people trying to delete things yeah of course so um, but I'm surprised they didn't just say no. Yeah. Why I, did they think about it? I think I think it was just that they were really... I, I think I was really confusing that I'm not... My, my suspicion is that they thought I was uh, like a credit card fraud person. Yeah. And that I was maybe trying to take people's credit card numbers. Yeah. Because the Secret Service is supposed to be protecting us from credit card fraud, for example, and some other things. But, and, you know, if I was like a normal credit card fraud person, then there's like a lot of stuff I would want to kind of protect and, you know, people I'd want to protect, you know. So I I think that I was so much not like the people that they normally deal with that they were really surprised and didn't know how to respond. I think that's why they thought about it. They were just totally confused. I think they were totally confused. Yeah. I think they really were. So they took, they just what? They took your stuff. They took my stuff. They took, they took uh, two laptops. One that had, you know, one that was like my main laptop, and one that was like a seven-year-old laptop that I hadn't used in a couple of years, but it just happened to be out, yeah. out and about, and they noticed it. And they took like a USB stick and a flash drive from uh, from a, a camera and my iPod which was really made me sad. Oh. <laughs> I didn't have music for a while. Yeah. But, uh, you know, and, and yeah, they put did them they in nice did, white envelopes. And, really? They just, yeah. uh, did, they, did they just take it down in a few trips? Or? No, they, yeah, they just put them in nice white envelopes. They had a kind of um, cardboard box they brought up, and, you know, they, they wrote down the serial numbers on a piece of paper on the back of the warrant, and uh, I kind of, they gave it to me. It was weird because I... It felt kind of like a receipt, right? And I felt like maybe I was supposed to sign it or something to like ensure that yes, indeed, this is what they took. But no, they said no. You don't. You don't sign it. Yeah. <laughs> this it's for is, them to sign. Yeah, right? it's, it's for them to sign. Exactly. And so you yeah. can prove they've got it. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's nothing. It has nothing to do with me giving them permission for anything. Yeah. yeah. You know? yeah. Suddenly you got quite nightclubby in here, but it that's did. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're just. Just, 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 everyone can just yeah. imagine we're dancing around a handbag yeah. or something. But we are. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, they can just imagine what's really happening. Exactly. That's what I meant. Right. So, so they left, and then I guess you're probably a bit confused then. For a bit. I was really confused. I, I mean, the first thing I posted to Twitter, it was really ambiguous. Whether I remember seeing it. Yeah, I just posted to Twitter. The Secret Service just took my laptop. Please assume they're reading any emails you send me. And it was ambiguous because at one point they asked me, you know, do you have any passwords on your computer? And I said, no, I don't. And when I said that, it's legally it's really ambiguous whether I gave them access to my email or not because um, my email was set to automatically log in. So if they just opened up Firefox and went to Gmail, then they could, you know do that but yeah so I said just assume you know because I learned from from key tweeter that you know one of the really important things about maintaining a good distinction between public and private um, information is that you have to tell other people how you're using things yeah. you know websites do this with their privacy policies but like as an individual you have to create clear expectations as well so you know I didn't want anyone to feel like their information was going to get leaked or something so I had to tell people in advance that you know that people might have access or be reading my email address yeah do you have any impression of what they were doing with your stuff I think I think it's probably not so complicated I think it was something like Apple didn't want me to you know get too much publicity out of this project so they wanted to keep me quiet and uh that worked because my lawyers told me to just not talk after that point and uh, then the Secret Service probably cloned the hard drive my lawyers asked them eventually to clear the clone and I don't know if that happened or not but But I guess you were probably uh, right after that happened there was a period of time where you just had no idea what would happen yeah I had no clue I I mean right before they left I said how long do you think it's going to be before I get my laptop back will it be more like days or weeks and they said well more like months and I was like well I don't know what to, I, and actually that same day I decided well I'm just going to go back to the Apple store and get a new computer then and I, I don't know <laughs> you're a bit nervous about walking in it's just like 
than like be like MI5 or something right, like right. swooping down yeah I did kind of feel like yeah. I didn't know who was like was I now were people watching me now yeah. I mean after that point that's made you a bit paranoid I was a little I'm not very good at being paranoid yeah. I'm because I'm so open uh, yeah. but I was a little surprised by certain things I noticed like when uh when they were there, they asked for my parents' phone number, and I gave it to them. I said, sure, yeah, let me, let me get it off my phone for you. Yeah, so, but then, so there was a period of time where you just had no idea what would happen, right? Right, I mean, right. Wasn't but, there a yeah. thought that you might end up in jail or something? Sure, yeah, yeah, and I, yeah. The reason I mentioned my parents' phone number, because the um, uh, when I called my mom after that, uh, I'd hear a beep every now and then on the phone, and so, I mean, that was kind of like, I told my mom, and she was like, oh, I'm sorry, I don't want to talk to you on this phone anymore. Just call me from pay phones from now on. <laughs> so my my mom was like super paranoid, yeah, but yeah. but I, I didn't really get that. But yeah, I, I mean it was really ambiguous whether I was going to go to go to jail or be arrested or be sued or what. And I didn't know, and I found some people from the EFF to talk to, and they gave me some advice. And I th- they hooked me up with some lawyers that really helped me out and clarify things. And everyone I spoke with basically said, you know, you didn't do anything wrong. Like if you know they're going to have a really hard time trying to, you know trying to arrest you or Apple is going to have a hard time trying to sue you so just kind of play you know keep your keep low for a while and uh, just see what happens and in the end I didn't get arrested I didn't get sued the worst thing that happened was I basically had to buy a new laptop uh, within a few days I also couldn't talk about anything which is really hard and uh, someone who'd been so someone open, who'd been so open. yeah that point. yeah that's one of the hardest things and then the only other inconvenience was that basically the project can't live online anymore because Apple sent cease and desist requests I'm basically banned from Tumblr like I can't register for a Tumblr account anymore um, <laughs> and uh, and Vimeo just took the video down oh really? yeah so Vimeo you know when when you have that message on this is kind of a dark secret probably for Vimeo but when you have that message on Vimeo that says we have no information about this on our server here or elsewhere that's actually a complete lie right. <laughs> they have it somewhere because normally they need to you know maintain backups when you say you've deleted a video right. and they say they haven't yeah. got a copy anywhere exactly. that's not actually true yeah not, it's not actually well they need to presumably legally if it, yeah, yeah and exactly and for the cease and desist request it said we need you to preserve evidence so Eventually, I wrote Vimeo and I said, hey, can you just restore it for me for private viewing? And they said, sure, just don't change the privacy settings. And there's a funny loophole, actually, which is that because it's part of a group on Vimeo, if you go to that group, you can still see it, <laughs> even though it's a private video. Oops. It's kind of, yeah, but I didn't I didn't change the privacy settings. I kept to what they asked. So, sure. so I guess, like, although there wasn't really any any major you know you weren't arrested you weren't no, sued but yeah. presumably that the three months of uncertainty yeah. took its toll right? it did it did and it made me I mean it yeah I learned a lot about kind of I don't know when I've had a lot of ideas for projects that just seem really conceptually elegant and simple and beautiful and you know you think maybe this will get me in a little trouble but it's so beautiful I can't not do this yeah. and one of the things I learned from this is that sometimes maybe the amount of trouble you can get in for doing something like this might actually outweigh how conceptually beautiful and elegant the idea is. In retrospect, I'm kind of glad it all happened, but, you know, when you're going through that for three months and trying to figure it out, it's like, you know, that's kind of... Like, I was really on the ball last summer. I was like, I was, you know, there was tons of code I was writing. There were new ideas I had. Like, I was totally on a roll. And then to have your computer taken and then starting to deal with, like, lawyers and not knowing if you're going to go to jail or what. And, like, maybe your whole life is going to get turned upside down. Like, for years, having to deal with that after being really feeling like you're kind of in it, it's it's really difficult. And I don't know what, what the right thing to do would have been. You so know. you're a bit more cautious these days. I am more cautious, but... Um, Just because you know what the consequences could be. Yeah. I mean, it's funny, though. It's really hard to say. I, th- I think I'm more cautious, but I'm also more... Uh, I have more insight, in a way. Like, I know that there are certain things I could probably do that would get me in trouble, but there are other things that might be just as effective and less trouble getting me into. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. You know? Totally. So there's kind of a... You have to kind of learn from failing. And, you know, through this, I learned that, I don't know, I thought maybe, maybe it would have made sense to, so for me, the project was originally about, like, the expression we have on our face, right? That was the original goal, is to just think about that. But, 
uh, it turned into this project that's about like publicity and privacy and surveillance and like censorship and all this stuff. So I thought maybe if I did the project again, what would have made more sense is to do kind of two separate projects. One where I send out the app to friends who know what it's doing, and there's no question about public, private surveillance, whatever. Just about it's just about that gaze. And then another version where I basically can't accept ownership for it, but I just install the app on all the computers and do a really good job of anonymizing everything, yeah. you know, so that all of the photos are completely anonymous and uh, then no one can point fingers at anyone, but it's still like a provocative, interesting project. And then maybe like, you know, 10 years later or something, I can claim, take the blame for it. But sure. um, so, so do you feel like um, you're back up to your productivity now? <laughs> I think I'm almost back. Yeah. I think it took a it, it, it did really take a while. I think I'm back. Yeah. I've got it. Yeah, I'm back. I think I think um, I wrote like a kind of long article about uh, all the, the all my experiences with this. Um, and I think that was really yeah, and that'll that'll be that'll be published soon. I think and going through all those feelings and thoughts like really helped me. I think get over it. And now I'm in a place where like I don't have to think about it anymore, and I'm not worried about you know going to happen because there's nothing left to happen you know from this point it's all just like I, I, I can reflect on it a little more and learn but like it's all it's all just you know uphill from here it's yeah. gonna be yeah just working well we're, we're being kicked out of this place so <laughs> I wanted to ask you about your other projects and your yeah. current projects but we'll have to save that until next time let's do it but next thanks, time thanks so much Kyle thanks so Cool, man. Well, that was a great interview. I remember hearing about this, yeah, I think. Yeah, well, it was all over the when place. When it first happened. It was on the BBC website right? and, and everywhere. And it was quite yeah. interesting to see how, how some of the media um, reported it, you know. I think it's such a shame when, like, artists fall foul of, like, overzealous yeah. authorities and terrorism laws and all this kind of stuff. Like, do you, do you remember things like the LEDs, the guys who, like, made things out of LEDs? And I think that was in Boston, if I remember correctly. But let's, let's look it up. But, yeah, I mean, right. I've seen loads of art projects that should have got into more trouble than they did. Like, I, rem I remember one of them, which featured <laughs> a, a kind of metal case which stuck to the side of a, a subway train. I think it might have been in Toronto. I can't quite remember. It might have been one of the ca Canadian cities. So it's this metal box, basically, that is suckered on to the side of a subway train and projects, you know, uh, running animals, swimming dolphins along the um, the tunnel wall as you're driving through it on the train, which is a brilliant project, but kind of like, right. you're like sticking something that looks like a bomb to the side of a, a train. It's like, why aren't you just... Yeah. yeah. You know, um, but I think it's it's clear from Carl's story that they just had no idea what he was doing, right? They, so I'm not sure if you asked on the interview. Did did he actually ever get his stuff back? Yeah, he got it back a few months later. So uh, right. eventually, but you know, I think there was that period where he just had no idea if he was going to jail or not. You know, it was kind mm. of yeah. I remember yeah, being quite scared scary. for him, and of course, with hindsight, it's sort of easy to look back and, and laugh, but. At the time, you know, yeah. genuinely didn't really know what was going to happen. Yeah, but I mean, if you think like someone's on trial in this country now for tweeting that they're going to blow an airport sky high in a, in a joke. The Twitter joke trial, isn't it? Yeah, what's, I don't yeah. really know what's going on with that. I've, I, I looked into it at it's the time. It's in the Court of Appeal, I think. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. you've got to be careful with that stuff, but still... Yeah, there are some examples of kind of overzealous reactions. But, but like Carl said, I think they just assumed that he was up to no good and that he was a hacker. And it took them yeah. some sort of, some time to kind of work out <laughs> what he actually did. You know, and yeah. that it wasn't. But I mean, like, what he did is not especially high-tech or espionage at all. No. It's like, it's something dead simple that yeah. anyone could do. I know, it's amazing. Like, you know, I mean, how is it really any different to going on those computers and just say, uh, like opening webcam toy or something yeah well right like what's really the difference well we mentioned briefly that that i'd talk, been talking to him about about making it in flash right because i think part of the reason that they were investigating him is because there is a law in america uh, about installing software onto computers without the owner's permission right. and i presume that's right. because of, of hacking and viruses and stuff so but it's much grayer area if you just open a web page right that has flash in it yeah absolutely and, and yeah. It, 
yeah. and you enable the webcam. You know, I think that are you, uh, when you download a website, are you installing software on a computer? It's, it's a really interesting a bit of a grey area, isn't it? And like, yeah. I'll get him back on the show and um, he'll t- he can tell us about, <laughs> about what he's doing now. It's cool. So what have you got coming up? I noticed you're doing the London Mochi thing. Yeah, I'm doing Mochi London again. That's in September. Um, that's the f- next like conference thing that I'm doing. Cool. So that's a chance um, for all the all the independent flash game creators to come together yeah should be fun the ones in and around london and england and stuff mm-hmm. so that's cool um and it's just one day and that's free so that's definitely worth coming if you're anywhere near london it's pretty good value yeah you can't argue with the price <laughs> um what else is what else is happening so yeah so uh that's going to be a post-mortem of super gun kids well not a post-mortem but a kind of a making of super gun kids yeah will you have finished it by then um, it will be mostly finished, but because I'm doing this now, it won't actually have launched. Oh, because you, you took <laughs> or, the job. Yeah, so, but it should be finished, but not launched is, is what I'm predicting. Uh-huh. But I, I can't say that for sure. Cool. Because you never know. I've done f- I did four months on it straight. Wow. And I got most of it. Well, I got a big way there with it. Does it look like four months work? That's impossible to say, really. You, how do you say that? How do you even say? I guess I'm, my answer would be no. <laughs> I wonder where the four months went. Really? Yeah, but um, if I saw it, if I saw it, do you think I'd be like, "Wow, there's so much detail and and scope in this project"? I'm not surprised at all that it took four months. Or do you think I'd there's be bit, like, "There's a bit of that." How did as well. this take four months? Yeah, <laughs> some of that, more like that second one. Oh. Especially because there's not the, t- the the hour or two hours of gameplay that I'm aiming for is nowhere near there yet. That's right. the thing. There's still only like ten minutes of gameplay, so it's like yeah. that's not a good. So you've got to add some song. more content. Yeah, I mean, I've learned so much about just making big things though, mm-hmm. because you ne- very rarely get the chance, if ever, when you're a Flash developer to make, especially games that are big in scope and driven by your own ideas as well. It's a lot. It's a lot to learn. So, so, so I guess part of that time was like learning new stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, I've learned a load of stuff technically, but also just learning like creatively, just working out how you even approach it. Yeah, great. Well, maybe I'll so, come to London and see it. That'd be cool, man. I'd, um, I'd appreciate that. I wonder nice. if I'm around. What's the date? Is it like the 15th of September? Does that uh, sound right? It's the front page of my blog. If it's the 15th, then I'm around. I'm going to Poland the week after. It's the 15th and the 16th. Okay, cool. And isn't it like a pub day on the 16th? Or isn't oh, yes. It's like so it's just the 15th. In the evening? Yeah, it's just the 15th. Uh-huh. So. Cool. It's the Saturday. Cool. All right, well, I'm going to Japan, which I've never been to before. I'm a little bit apprehensive. I've got a conference and a workshop to do there. And then I think I haven't really got much, except I've just got to work on this fireworks project. So next time I'll give you an update on how, how I'm doing. Cool. Good luck in Japan, man. Just, um, like, nod, smile, say sorry. Just apologise all the time. Okay. Because you're an Englishman abroad. Yeah. And you'll just get by fine. Okay, good. Because in America, it's the opposite. You just you know, you ignore everyone. I'm just a really brash. You just go, hey, out of my way, buster. <laughs> I like no? it, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to try my American accent. It'll just be really, <laughs> really bad. That wasn't my best American accent, yeah. by the way. I'm a rather trained actor. Like, I can do way better than that. So. <laughs> I'm walking here. That's, good. <laughs> That's what they say, isn't it? I'm walking here. <laughs> <coughs> <laughs> all right cool well um good all right we'll have a good couple of weeks thanks for listening everyone hope you enjoyed it oh you know we had a Cheers. question on our blog what? but we'll answer that next oh. time we're so not what used to it? having questions that we'll oh, we'll okay. deal with it next time send us some more questions or yeah give us feedback yeah That'd be nice thanks everyone and sorry to the people that did submit questions yeah and then we haven't answered we'll, we'll, we'll do it next time and it'll be a really good answer bye everyone